Lines at Disney parks are a rite of passage, and some pay good money for Lightning Lane and G Genie Plus to skip those waits. But what if those were down for the day? When you look at the My Disney Experience app and see long wait times at big attractions, which one will have you still standing in line? We'll discuss that this week on This Happy Podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, joined by my fellow co-hosts, Paul Jarzembowski and John Grasso. Hey, fellas, welcome. It's really good to see you. It we'll is hear from you. you. I guess our listeners aren't really seeing us, but they are hearing from us. So it's good to hear you. And for my benefit, it's good to see you. Amen same. to that. Absolutely same. It's always a joy to do this show. Um, it's a joy just to uh, get away from what's going on in life and just discuss something that makes people happy. Um, so guys, we have uh, our favorite segments making a return this week. What's making us happy? Who's got a what's making you happy? Paul? I'll go ahead. Good. And this requires a little bit of sound here that our listeners can maybe hear. This, uh, I have that last trip I got to Disney. I got myself a retro uh, lunchbox um, that um, filled with, you know, and so again, for, for the value of our listeners who appreciate sounds because they can hear it is this clanking of the uh of the box yeah uh, this, we can hear the clanking you hear the clanking so i just want to give people the experience of that it, it, it is kind of funny but i so i have decided i got this on my last trip it is 1971 vintage look um and i was i saw it and i just was like this is just adorable and the reason it's making me happy is i i decided you know what i could get this to put on my on my shelf and look at and for the first few weeks after i got back from my last disney trip I did indeed put it on the shelf, but you know what? When I'm going into the office, I need to eat my lunch. And I thought, what better than to bring one's lunch into corporate office USA in a Disney lunchbox? Wait, corporate, corporate office USA, is that a bizarro magic kingdom? Is that like the, the, the unmagic kingdom? <laughs> the unmagic kingdom where you spend the rest of your time. Is yeah, in... yeah, but that's what happens when you grow up, kids. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yes. Like Peter magic Pan. kingdom. Yeah, magic kingdom till approximately 12. And then it's come on, Americans, get to work. Let's exactly. take the stairwell to the third floor. <laughs> Fourth floor for me, but that's, yeah, that's pretty intense. But here's the thing is I am taking the last couple of times I've gone into the office. Um, I figured a way to put all my lunch because it's kind of, it's not huge. So I need to kind of, I had to like, actually there was a day that I spent like figuring out what the right sequence of things in this box that I could take that it will fit. Um, so I had to like put the water bottle over here and put the like like a, a little, you know, Tupperware container of the salad over here and my little fruit over there and, you know, trying to make sure it fit. And um, and yeah, so I've been doing that the last couple of days and it has felt delightful. Mm. Here I am, you know, going in with my, you know, with my briefcase into the office or my, you know, my bag and um and then also carrying my lunchbox with me. Um, I, put all, I, I have a request after you describe the art. Describe the art and then I have a request. 
Can you describe the art on that lunchbox? I can certainly describe the art on this lunchbox. So the artwork is a cartoon image of Mickey and Donald, uh, almost like in a little bit of a of a and kid. Pluto. And Pluto, that's right. Pluto's there too. And they're Thank riding you. a train, um, a little train behind a green background. And the green background also has Cinderella's castle and a monorail, by the way, monorail red uh, going past them. Um, and they've got little, there's little things from different rides in the parks around them. So they look, it's like a cartoon of them. And then all around the lunchbox, um, is these little thing they've got like the tree house the, poly, the the tiki room um they've got uh the jungle cruise over here so there's little like vignettes uh the leagues under the sea let's see here where i see here yeah there. and the contemporary resort are all around this lunchbox um on the back side is a cartoon of the country bear Jamboree. nice nice so yeah, this must have been uh, what they um, used for uh, for the, the 1971. So I'm bringing this thing in. I love it. I'm, I'm walking into an official office with my lunchbox. I put it in the fridge uh, to keep my stuff cool. Um, and the thing is, is here's the kicker, is that when I open the fridge up, it again, my corporate office USA, next to my lunchbox, Someone's got a Batman lunch nice. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Paul, here's my request. And uh, before I say this, yeah. not even making fun of you, because this is 100% something I would do. However, in the spirit of that lunchbox, you, I'm sure you took the pictures for, for your mom when you were in school, but can Sarah take a, like, 40th first day of school picture for you, like, with that little sign in the lunchbox, like, in September when you're going off to work for a new year? I, 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 think I think that's doable. I think we need to put that on Instagram. Just sitting on the front porch steps. <laughs> yes, Matt's got it. I've got like. Wait, it's almost instead of instead of waiting for the school bus, I'm like waiting for the metro bus. I guess yes, you're waiting for the metro <laughs> bus going down to what was it, corporate office USA. <laughs> All right, Matt. What's making you happy? I am very happy. Besides that, that story. You- by the way, Paul. Paul has a thermos. And the thermos, yes, there is a thermos that goes with it. I haven't been, I haven't been able to get the thermos in there with the food, so the thermos. You, gotta, hasn't you need been a there. thermos of like soup, like old school, like you know, right? That's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. It's very right, Paul. sorry. Soup is right on brand. Yeah, I'm telling you. Um, so what's making me happy this week? Um. One of the things that has delighted me is that a couple weeks ago, a Disney exec uh, just sort of tweeted out that Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, the coaster at Epcot, was going to be opening Memorial Day weekend. And everybody was like, did he just announce that? And he was not um, (laughs) the person to make that announcement. He was not supposed to be that person. But he was accurate, and Disney has started to advertise this new roller coaster in Epcot. Um, and we're not getting any real sneaks, sneak peeks into what the coaster actually does on a track there, um, other than a couple spins and things like that. Um, we've seen a couple photos, 
But yes, they are doing themed advertisements with Rocket and Groot and Star-Lord. Um, and I don't think that's Chris Pratt underneath that Star-Lord mask in the commercial, but that's A-OK. Um, so I am really looking forward to what they have going on. I know some of the, and John's probably going to agree with me here, not to steal John Thunder, but it's a little disappointing too. If anybody reads news about this ride, there used to be um, some plans for animatronics throughout the ride and throughout the queue. And the early buzz has been that there are no animatronics um, in the wait for this ride. Um, so I still would be first in line to see that if I could ever be first in line for something like this. Um, but um, just, I would love to see the Imagineers get the extra funding to do the things they do really well, especially because there's a rocket, an impressive rocket animatronic already built out in California. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited for new life on that side of Epcot. I'm not excited that my weak stomach will probably only let me ride it once and at most once per trip, but I guess I'll be out of the lines. I will, I will try it. But they spend $400 million on this ride. Where are the animatronics? There's, I, the buzz is that it's largely reliant on screens, um, which has been a universal thing for the most part. And Epcot has had a couple rides debut recently that feel like they're integrating screens a little bit more into their into their ride systems. I know Ratatouille is largely this blending of screens and mm -hmm. and props and things like that. So um, we've seen what Disney can do in the 21st century with animatronics. We've seen it out in Asia. We've seen it um, out in California with Cars Land. Um, some of those things I've seen the video, I know you guys have, have, have seen them up close and personal, but, um, there's some really spectacular animatronics done, um, that aren't face mapping. I know that face mapping has been used on a lot of different rides. Uh, the shaman so in, uh, Avatar land is exactly that's worth the ride, which is generally kind of boring. It's a nice way to get out of the heat, but the shaman when it's working is rid ridiculously good. Yeah. So, um, Paul doesn't agree. If you want to make this happy podcast even happier, Disney, please give funding to your Imagineers and let them work their magic and let the experiences of uh, Disney, uh, Disney attraction goers uh, be fully assaulted and let their imaginations be fully assaulted. We see assaulted. what happens when they do. Look at um, Mystic Manor. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Battle for the Sunken Treasure. Um, those are incredible, incredible uh, ways that they have blended uh, animatronics and screens in a way that's like mind blowing, particularly for pirates. And you know yep. what? I would, I would almost say, let's not even look at the like cool new international ones. Let's talk about legacy. And here I am, Paul's going to talk about legacy. Frank, the very ride that it is replacing rest in peace universe of energy was a blend of animatronics and screens back in the 80s that ride was you had the animatronics you had the dinosaurs right and then you rode underneath 
and through screens, albeit it was like theater screens, it wasn't the new screens, but even back in the 80s, they were able to merge that building between screens and animatronics in a way I feel like we've stepped a little bit backwards, but I think it's possible to do it again. And we obviously have in other places. So even the legacy of that very pavilion says the old school Epcot guy. Yep. Let's see, uh, let's see what they can do. We're not going to have to wait that much longer. Uh, I mean, we'll definitely have a ride through probably by this time next month, if not sooner, someone will have a ride through video of it. So let's, let's see, let's see what they got. It's uh, you think about it, you know, Disney's kind of putting the finishing touches on the Tron light cycle, light cycle run um, and Magic Kingdom. There are two fairly large roller coasters, not high intensity thrill, but large roller coasters um, that Disney's debuting. And Disney's not a roller coaster centric park or um, most of their parks are not roller coaster centric. Um, these are two major investments. Um, they're going to say a lot about um, what kind of quality Disney can still pull off. So yeah. I think we're all waited with bated breath to see how this all comes together. Well, if they don't skimp on Tron, we, we have, we know what it'll look like, you know, well, we know that, and it's very popular in Shanghai. The aesthetic fits Tomorrowland really well. So we'll see. Guardians, yep. I'm very intrigued because it's really, they, they build Test Track as Epcot's first thrill ride. Um, and in, in, you know, in a way that it is, it is, it has the 60 mile an hour loop. Then they build Mission Space as a thrill ride. And that really didn't work. I, I don't go on that ride at all. Uh, so let's see what this is Epcot's first roller coaster. It's, it's, it, you know, it's uh, the first confusion of, um, of IP on that side of the park. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Anyways, we're getting off track. Matt is trying desperately to put us back on track, but I'll take care of that this time because we have a topic and Matt is up first. Matt, do you want to introduce it? Yep. Yep. We want to discuss which current attractions, those that are currently open, which ones we would be willing to wait if there wasn't an easy line skipper um, app at our fingertips? Which one are we going to wait about an hour for? Which ones are we willing to do that for? So I've got a couple. Uh, I've got two, I think, that jump out. Number one, Radiator Springs Racers out in Cars Land at California Adventure. Um, I think it's it's test track with all the theming. Um, just, and I know I went on this rant about no more cars in the parks a couple weeks ago, but everything that I've seen in video form says that this is the perfect family E attraction um, for California Adventure and let alone a Disney park. And it sets such a high mark that when Disneyland Paris did their own cars spin a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. It's the kind of thing that goes, oh, they really set a high bar. Um, Radiator Springs, uh, Radiator Springs Racers looks absolutely stunning. All of the vistas from Route 66 and beyond are there and present. And just the character faces on the cars you ride and the throughout the attraction the there's a real experience happening there and i would love to wait for an hour or so to get on that ride for uh, 
first and foremost, I think that would be just an absolute thrill. I love Test Track. I think Test Track is great, but it kind of lacks a, a personality. So I love that you feel like you're part of the, uh, the experience with, with Radiator Springs Racers. Second, when I went to Disney World three years ago, there was a ride. Um, we did fast passes. And my wife did an incredible job planning that vacation, but she picked the wrong Avatar ride to get fast passes for. We, talk, we just talked about the, the, the river ride with, uh, with Avatar. That was totally the wrong attraction to book. Um, I would love to ride the Flight of Passage. Um, Soren is a spectacular ride, and I know that this was sort of the next generation of Soren sort of a personalized experience. I would love to do that someday. I know you guys have ridden it, right? Yes, yes, I've ridden it many times. So oh, Paul, please. what is so good about it? I would say what you'll get on that is, okay, so one of the things, I, I point this out to everyone, the way they have designed the vehicles well, hang on, hang on. Spoiler alert for people that have not ridden this that don't want to know. Keep going. Very good. Yeah, you probably know where I'm going with it, John. Yep, so yep. thank you for that. Yeah, so if, it's if my thing too. Know, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. Okay. So the vehicles, and I'm using air quotes here, that you're riding, you're riding uh, an Ikra or, uh, or the Banshee, the, the, the dragon uh, from the movie Avatar. And you literally feel it breathing underneath you and so what makes it more organic is that not only are you flying like you would be in Soren, but you're flying on a living on a quote-unquote living thing which adds such a realism and a connectedness to it because what you're flying on is it's not stable so you know there is it's not that it's going to take you off or anything but you because you feel it breathing because you 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 see it as a living thing it feels there's more of a drama to it you're actually in the scene and i think that there that immersion uh brings you into it so um, oh yeah actually it's funny that you the the, the rides that you're mentioning matt uh, I would uh, I 100% endorse waiting for them, especially since you've not been on them. But they're kind of linked for me. Um, you know, at every moment of every Disney ride, there's there's requires a suspension of of belief. You know, or a suspension of disbelief. At a certain point, you have to say, yeah, I'm 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 in the you know the Caribbean fighting pirates. I'm in a haunted mansion. I'm you know yeah. I'm under the sea with Ariel. But the two rides that always have pulled pulled me into that. Uh, even though I knew what was coming was the original test track at the moment where you were headed towards the doors because the original test track yanked those doors open way later than the new, the new iteration does. And you were the, the, the buildup in the original test track was absolutely phenomenal because it was not abstract. They were telling you exactly what was happening. It was very world of motion meets thorough ride. It was perfect for the park. Well, you were um, a crash test. Basically, you were, you were you crash dummy. Crash yeah. test, and they told you it was dummy. happening. I, I missed the original test track very much. Um, and so, but that moment always, like there was a, a moment, even though you knew it was coming, you're like, oh my gosh, open the door, open the door. And then they would open the door. And Avatar Flights of Passage. Um, there is something about that ride. And I think Paul's right on it. I think it's the breathing. I think maybe it's the the snappy intro. Maybe it's the long buildup with the pre-shows. But 
I mean, for the however long the ride is, was it five to seven minutes? So, less than that, actually. Less I think. than that. But, I, I mean, it feels like it, it feels, feels like it's seven yeah. minutes. I think it's three or four minutes, but it feels like seven. Or right. Eight. And there is a re-entry process after that ride. Like there is a real, like you have to kind of take a step back and be like, you get it, you just get so sucked in. At least my experience of it is yep. that I step off the ride and it's like, okay, real world now. Fight these people to get out, you know. <laughs> it's actually kind of sad when you're leaving yeah, the ride because yeah. you're like but I, and actually, which makes it really good because, because you feel a connection to the Banshee so much so that when you go to the gift shop immediately afterwards, there is such a strong temptation mm -hmm. to buy one of the Banshees so you can take it home with you because you felt a connection and to yeah, it. Yeah, so the, I mean, the, the shoulder Banshee. The shoulder one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't so $70, I might think about it. I've, I've been tempted because again, there's that connection you feel organically connected to the ride mm -hmm. which is only disney can do that <laughs> yeah it's spectacular and it was much maligned when they were building it everyone's like oh they're building another version of soren it is not soren or it's no. soren it's soren on steroids on huge yes it, it is it is using soren's ride system but that would be like i yeah. like be like comparing the haunted mansion and um Ariel's Undersea Adventure. They're two <laughs> totally different experiences. That's a good comparison. Yeah. Technically, same ride vehicle. Right? So I will wait in those lines with you, Matt. There was good, good. Please do. Paul, you were saying it's an interesting thing you said. You were saying that like you you get off the ride and you don't want the experience to end. Which if you think back to 2009, I wasn't one of these people. I saw the movie Avatar in the theater. Right. And for whatever reason, that movie left me cold. Um, but there were, that was the, for what was it, 10 years, it was the number one box office hit of all time domestically. Yep. And there were people going back and back and back because they did have that connection with the movie that they felt like they were immersed in that world and they missed that world and they would go back to, to view right. it and, and to be part of it. So for you to say that, says that the Disney Imagineers in collaboration with James Cameron and um, uh, you know, all the people that worked on that nailed it. They did. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So John, how about you? A uh, tough act to follow with that one. Um, I have waited an hour for flights of passage and I would do it again, but to, to, in the interest of not repeating uh, what Matt said already, uh, the thing I really, I don't, I don't really wait an hour for anything these days, um, except for nighttime shows. So one of the things that I love to do with my sister, Elizabeth, my whole family, but particularly my sister, Elizabeth, is um, to get to the Fantasmic Theater early. First of all, if you're not there 45 minutes early, you are sitting in the boonies or you're not getting in, um, which is one of the drawbacks of Hollywood Studios Fantasmic. But uh, the show always has such a fun atmosphere as everybody you know, waits. I've talked about it before. So I, I, I actually like to wait for that. I used to love to wait for Illuminations and Happily Ever After and even the Star Wars fireworks show. I really wish I liked Rivers of Light and Animal Kingdom more because I would have loved to wait for it because those amphitheater shows or the, the pre-fireworks nighttime atmosphere is just, for me, that's peak magic because something is in the air. People are excited. They know something is coming. They're waiting for that first release of fireworks. 
of music. So for me, that's probably the thing that comes to mind the most. Now, the other answer I had uh, is a little more serious, I guess. I have not been able to go to Star Wars land, so I would wait a stupid amount of time um, in line for the Millennium Falcon and per, for Smuggler's Run and, and to pilot the Millennium Falcon uh, is something that I won't think about too much because then you'll see a grown man cry because that just thrills me to no end. But knowing that that's actually the lesser of the two rides and Rise of the Resistance um, has elicited jaw-dropping reviews from people I, I would wait I would wait in line for that because I I have dreamed of Star Wars land since I became a Star Wars fan at, since my mom introduced me to Star Wars the, the original trilogy when I was five and six and then very soon after we went to Walt Disney World and rode Star Tours and I'm like this is cool but I think we could do better they, then they finally built it a pandemic hit I've had like four trips scheduled none of which have panned out because of various waves of the pandemic or work responsibilities or, or you know, the stuff like that. And I've been just desperate to go to Star Wars land. So just absolutely desperate. That is, it sounds silly, but that is like the culmination of a childhood dream come true in so many ways. So uh, I would wait for those two rides because I, I have heard very few people describe rides of the resistance any other way than that's the best ride in the world so i would my do that. brother my brother said uh he has he lives 20 minutes from disneyland he has waited to go to disneyland um because he wants to go on rise of the resistance and the millennium falcon ride with me Aww. so we're gonna try to put that to the test in the next two months um Hoping that works out that uh, the kid I lightsaber dueled all throughout the 80s is uh, going to be right alongside us and our children um, riding, riding those rides that you're talking about. Oh, you're getting me emotional for you. I can't do this. Paul, you got to go. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, it's really, I'm, getting, I'm not even joking. I'm legitimately getting emotional for you and your brother <laughs> going to Star Wars land. That, that, those movies are inextricably tied to my relationship with my brother i love that well and that's i think also i mean john i mean you also have such a relationship with those movies as well um and so you know i think that there's an element to like yeah because of the fact that you've in a way you've you've all you you both have waited your whole lives for that ride so what's one hour more yep exactly you know, what's 90 minutes more yeah I mean, we have, I mean, to, to walk into a setting like that yeah. and then to go on. Yeah, I agree. Wow. I agree. Yeah. Give me all the line cue for Rise of the Resistance. I'll do it. I will do it. I'll be that guy. As long as it doesn't break down on me. That If you want to see someone well, cry. And that's the, that's the key, the kicker with that ride is of all of the Disney rides, Rise of the Resistance has been the one that unfortunately has hit the bug of of going of, of breaking down because there's so many moving mm -hmm. parts to the whole experience it breaks down often i so i've been on rise of the resistance several times and i've been but i've been in the queue for rise of the resistance double those amount of times mm -hmm. because half the times i've been on rise of the resistance i have not gotten on there 
or I've gotten on it and they're just about to let you on and they're like, well, you're going to shut this down. And they, 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 they take you out to the, they, you know, you're just about to get on the transport and they're oh. like, actually you're not. And they give, I mean, they, what they do is they're very nice is if you are in the queue and you don't get all the way, or even if you're on the ride and it breaks down, they will give you a fast pass to come back at some other time when it is riding. Of course, then you spend like, like you don't care when that next time is you want it now. So yep, you're like, yep, yep. are you ready yet? Are you open yet? Are you open yet? And it's like the longest wait for them to be open. And as soon as like you see them start to scurry around that they're going about to open, you are like, this is it. And so does it get like, so uh, obviously everyone go rides it the first time and the, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. Does it ever get old? I hate to do this to our podcast, but I'm going to say the word yes. It does. Okay. Tell me why. Yeah. Well, I don't want to give away too much for those who experienced it, but, but I will say, um, I think it may be a personal thing. I'm not attached to the, the, the sequel trilogy as I was for the previous trilogies. Hmm. And because I don't, I have a relationship with that universe, but I don't have a particular relationship with those particular characters. And I think to, if you do have a particular connection to those characters in the Star Wars universe of the sequel era, Kylo and Rey and Finn, if you have, um, if you have a connection to them, it probably won't get old. But because I don't really have that personal connection, I could, there's been times where I've actually decided not to show up for my queue. Wow. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know what? We're going to go out for dinner instead. I've ridden it. You know, I, you know, I'm like, okay. Interesting. Now, I'll say this. Looking at the bones of the ride um, and the attraction in the queue, should Disney ever decide to retrofit the land and the rides the old films could be easily swapped in there. Oh um, yeah, record some dialogue, edit some animatronics, call it Tatooine, and it's done. Yeah, well, even even the even the rise of the resistance, like with the the ad the ad at walkers, and you and... could you could totally do that. And I think the other thing that makes it a little bit is there's not enough variation from ride to ride. There's like one variation that you potentially could do, which is you could either go right or left. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you go right and sometimes you go left. And it's like, but aside from that, it's pretty much, you're going to have the same exact experience. For something that's got so many moving parts, it's the same experience every time you ride it. So there's not a variation. It's not like you got like 10 variations and you never know which one you're going to get. Well, that's a new thing, though. Radiator Springs is the same way. You get kind of two variations. Even Mystic Manor, you get two variations. You but know I what I mean? The difference, the difference with those is it's a single loop thing. Like with Radiator Springs, you're just you're 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 right in the, the the loop of that. With I think with Rise, because there's so many different parts, you know. I think there's also some people, and I would say I'm one of those. There's elements of Rise of the Resistance that I would stay in longer than others. If that makes sense. So, like, if I could just hang out in that hangar with the, all the stormtroopers there, if you know, but they shuttle. Actually, that's the part they shuttle you along quickly. Like, get out of here and move on to the next thing. Meanwhile, they keep you forever in other areas. You're like, I don't really like this area. 
Mm. But I, I would stay another like 10 minutes just hanging out in that hangar with the high fighters in the distance and the, you know, the, the battalion of stormtroopers waiting, you know, I would hang there, but they shuttle you through that one really quickly. And that's the unfortunate part. Like, Oh, okay. This is where I want to stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, I could easily see for those that have seen video of the attraction, there's a, a particular scene where, um two of the villainous characters are uh, animatronics are talking to one another with their backs turned to the audience yeah. in their vehicles and i could easily see if they ever overhauled the attraction vader and palpatine standing yep. next to one another and having dialogue of and if they did that my opinion might change a little so i think the ride itself is a decent ride it's good but do I need to see it all the time? No, there's been like, like actually the next time I'm going to be there in, in a couple of weeks, I'm like, if we go to it, great. If we don't, okay. So. Okay then. So what rides would you, or what attractions <laughs> would you wait for? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I know. And under what circumstances? Yeah. So that's the thing. When, it, when This question is a little difficult. Now, as our frequent uh, listeners might know, I go to the parks perhaps more than I ought to. Um, I go very frequently. Um, and so therefore there's, I've ridden everything, I've ridden just about everything at the park. So there's very little that I will wait in a long line for because now I know the system around Genie Plus. I know it around fa the fast passes that we had before. I know single rider tricks. I know what hours of the day to go. So I generally try to avoid um, waiting in anything longer. Actually, we said an hour. If it's longer than 30 minutes, I'm kind of like, eh, I'll pass um, just because I've ridden it all. But there's a little different to it. I will say I have stood in hour long plus lines for new things. So for me, whenever there's a new experience, I will wait in that. So whatever the new thing is. So I, I did stand in an hour long wait for Avatar. I did stand in an hour long wait for Millennium Falcon and for uh rise of the resistance i have stood in those hour long waits because they're new will i stand in an hour again for them only under one circumstance first of all if i'm accompanying the two of you or anyone else who has not experienced those rides there are certain rides and i kind of reframed it for myself as what are the rides i would wait in an hour with someone who's never been up on it for the thrill of seeing someone's face after they get off the ride and the car rides that you mentioned are two are, are some of those. So uh, Flight of Passage, I will wait an hour. If that means that I get to watch someone's face for the first time, I will stand in that hour for that because I, I, I think the ride is spectacular and I would love to see, I'd love to see that experience. Um, and then Rise of the Resistance or, or Smuggler's Run, I will stand in the line for that to see the experience of someone else who loves Star Wars or wants to experience that. Um, so yeah, I, I would agree with you on, on those, but I personally wouldn't wait in the line. Um, but one thing that does kind of sometimes entice me is I will wait in a longer line if I, than necessary if the cues are good. And the cues are very important to me. Um, I personally like, um, like, okay, this is a weird one and probably nobody has this on their, on their punch card of, of cues they need to stand in line for. But Finding Nemo um, at Epcot um, is one of my favorite cues. And I think it's because 
I love that you you slowly move deeper and deeper into the water as you wait in the queue. Like the first room you're in, you're on the beach. That's actually kind of neat because I, I don't mind standing in there because I feel like I'm like at the beach because they have the sounds of the beach and the and the, 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 the lighting. And then the next room, you're actually under the water and you kind of feel like you're swimming. And so I really love the queue for that one because I would wait in that because it's an experiential cue. It's a cue that makes me go deeper and deeper into the experience. I mean, you sit there and think, would you really wait an hour for the Finding Nemo ride? And I think I kind of would with that only because I'll get to spend an hour in that queue. And that's a lovely queue. Um, if I have to spend a long time, I wait for I, um, my family and I, we went to expedition, we went to the Animal Kingdom and, and I stood in a long wait I think it was like 45 minutes with uh, with my dad and with Sarah. And we waited for that one because the queue in Expedition Everest is fantastic. It's a great queue. It's fun. To, and it's actually the, and sometimes when it's, when it's like kind of like a standstill line, it's even better because then you can kind of like look into the cases and you can look on the walls. Um, Sarah and I sometimes will wait in a long line at the Jungle Cruise um, because I love, I personally love the ambiance of like the early 20th century, kind of that, you know, because the, the music is playing on the radio. And so I'll just sometimes love to stand in that queue just for the, for the thing. And by the way, if you stand in that queue, um, they have a radio playing um, and they play and they have, they have a, a DJ playing the songs of the 1930s and 40s. And, the, and it's fun to listen what the DJ has to say. So if you stand in that queue long enough, you, you hear that spiel and you hear all the different variations on the, on the DJ, on the radio, uh, sharing different things. So, so that's another aspect of it that I, I think I'll, I'll stand in longer than usual lines if it means that the queue is an enjoyable, immersive experience. In a way, that's where my ride starts. My ride starts there. Mm -hmm. um, and if it means that it's your first time riding Jungle Cruise and I get to experience that queue, well, then I'll wait with it for it because number one, I'm getting to see you experience a ride for the first time. And I get to listen to, I get to just experience the ambiance of the 1930s, um, you know, while I'm waiting in line. And that's a good thing. So, so it's a little different than you guys because I, I, I have been on enough things. Um, and then there's some where I simply like the ride itself is I stood in the hour queue and I won't stand in the hour queue ever again. Um, one of those is Seven Dwarves Mine Train. Um, oh, I was just about to ask that question. So keep yeah, going. I, I, I have stood in the hour-long queue when it first opened. I did do that. Um, and you know what? The, the queue there is wonderful. It is a nice queue. The ride, however, is so short that I do not think it justifies an hour-long wait. No, oh, I know, but I love that ride. Why are you taking it's away all the things I like? It was initially supposed to be much bigger. Yeah, Shanghai, uh, when they were building it for Shanghai, it was supposed to, I think, double the length, right, Matt? Wow. Well, the, even the Disney World version, they had, they showed, I guess it was probably around 2010, 2011, they showed an, anim, uh, an animatic of the ride. Mm -hmm. um, and it had a long weaving section that was just kind of low to the ground. And all of that stuff just went by the wayside. Um, to the point where that ride ends and just sort of drops you off at, at the village where the dwarves are singing and dancing and the, yeah. the witch is there. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. It does. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's kind of a, it, it is one of those weird ones. So that's probably why it doesn't get, get into my rankings, you know, um, even though I, and, and, and it's, and it's pretty easy to pass by because you see the 65, 75 minute wait while you're passing by and you're like, you know what, I'm going to make my way over to Dumbo, or I'm going to make my way over to the Haunted Mansion where the wait time on my app says it's a lot shorter. Oh yeah. That's the thing too. You got these apps now where if, if you're on the other end of the park, you can do some strategic planning around if you look at it and go, well, okay, so Haunted Mansion is this long. And uh, like, I don't know, Space Mountain is this long. If I'm at Dumbo, I now have an app that'll tell me which, which do I feel like is more justifying of like a 35 or 45 minute wait. So it's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting choice you now have with the app that you can kind of like plan around that and then, of course, it only, the only time, of course, your heart's broken is when you get to a thing. Actually, this happened to us recently where we thought, oh, it says there's a 15 minute wait at this ride. And, and we went to that 15 minute. No, it was it was more like 45 minutes. Um, and it was like, but the app says 15. Actually, it was, I think we were going to Pirates and Pirates said 15. I'm like, oh, let's go into Pirates. That's great. And then it was and then we looked under the sign. It said 45 minutes. And I'm like, oh, All right, then, so that's oh, no, go ahead, Matt. I think you're probably going to say the same thing. Is that because of the the Genie Plus Lightning Lane glut that's happening? I'm not sure exactly what that was. It was, and I kept like wondering, like, was my app like not? So I turned the whole thing off and turned it back on. And sure enough, I was sitting in that line for a while. Now the thing is, is I did stand in the 45 minute line. The reason I did that was because, frankly, everything else around it was also above 40 minutes, and I'm like well, we could get out of this line because it doesn't say it, but what am I going to go to that's going to be any better than this? Eh, I'm in it. And again, Pirates again has a lovely queue. And so no, I was- No, wait, in- wait, hang on. Time out, time out. No, it doesn't. It's bland walls with music. There's nothing happening in the whole queue. It is literally bland walls with no cell phone service that gets now, progressively darker. Minute. If you're comparing it to like Disneyland's queue for pirates and Disneyland's pirates. Disneyland's pirates queue, makes ours look like a like DreamWorks next yes, to Disneyland. No, I would agree. I would agree. But I think it's a decent one. And you know what? My it, it, it paid off because by the time we got on the ride, my wife had her stopwatch on. She just she was always curious just how long is this queue. Um, it wasn't 15 but it wasn't 45 either. It was more like 27. So it was like halfway between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the end, it ended up, even though the sign outside said 45 and the, and the app said 15, it split the difference. So by the time we sat in the thing, it was 27 minutes and we're like, okay. <laughs> That's great. All we right, were so rewarded for standing in a queue. Oh, I get it. So we're starting to come up on time here, but I'm throwing a monkey wrench here. Sorry, Matt. Um, lightning round in two minutes or less what is the i guess paul's the seven doors mind train what is the ride that you would not be caught dead standing in line for an hour i'll go first it's either pirates of the caribbean or soren soren is the queue is horrendous there's nothing happening in the whole queue i love soren i love soren but it is the dullest line on the planet matt um I'm likely to say, uh, hang on one sec. Can you guys hear that? I'm going to need to cut this out. 
you can't hear what's in the background? No. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I hear pipes in the background, water pipes. Nope, you're good. Casey's like running a shower or a bath or something like that. And it sounds like everything's flooding. Sorry. I know I disrupted the flow. Oh, don't worry about it. That's what we're here for. It's a podcast. Okay. So I'll jump back in. Okay. All right. So what was the question? The what question. is a ride you would not be caught dead waiting an hour in? Two minutes or okay. less. Okay. Yeah. All right. So easily my my pick is Peter Pan's flight. Really? Good pick. I, I do not understand why that line is so long. It's a very pedestrian ride. Um, yeah. And it's certainly not as immersive as some other dark rides. Um, you know, pour one out for Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Um, which just had an adventure around every corner. Um, I just kind of feel like Peter Pan's flight is just sort of nice. Um, especially the one in the Magic Kingdom, it's not quite, it hasn't had the touches that the one in Disneyland has had. But I don't understand why those lines are so long. It, it's not worth that wait. Even the queue doesn't impress you, huh? Because that, that is a very interactive queue. It's okay. It's fine. But it's not... I'm not writing home about dearest mother. I, I stayed in the line for Peter Pan's flight. It was worth every second. I'm not going to do it. Huh. And I would add to my, I would go across the street from there. And for me, the other one would be small world for me. Um, I just don't like it. Like that to me is the worst of all cues um, is this, the, the, the small world cue. And again, if there's like a 45 minute wait for that, I'm like, look, it's it's a small world. Like <laughs> if I can get on it really quick, it I'll I'll do it. I love small world. It's a wonderful ride. I was gonna say you will not take a third thing away from me today, Paul. You know what? Drop me off in the uh in the in the South Pacific room and actually make the I wish the boats would just stop there because I'll get out of the boat right there and just enjoy the South Pacific room the whole day. But I don't know if I need a 45 minute queue. And that is perhaps one of the hardest queues to stand in because you're just, you're, you're looking at other people in line the whole time, which is not that exciting. <laughs> All right, then each controversial pick, I think we're going to get some emails about this one at this happy podcast uh -oh. at gmail.com. Um, Bring on all your scorn of me choosing Peter Pan's flight. Should have seen Paul's face. He was horrified at my selection. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeart, Google. Tune in. Leave us a review. Share with your friends. Um, comment on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Everyone, this was a great discussion. I had a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's not every day that we all say, hey, what do you want to wait in line for? <laughs> but we made this interesting and fun. I'll wait in line for the airport for a flight to go see one of you guys. Aw. And do a flight to Disney World. That too. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we could do both. I even better. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us, as always, for this conversation. We can't wait to do it again. We will see you real soon. <laughs>